0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another emergency episode of The Breakdown live at the Space Bar. It has been... We're planning on doing another one of these, but it has been an incredibly busy uh, couple of days since Friday. It's hard to believe that was the last time we hopped on and did one of these. But it's been an incredibly busy couple of days in Alberta politics since our last episode. And so Sarah and I chatted and we decided that it was probably a good idea to do another time. And speaking of Sarah, as always, we are joined by my co-host... Politico PR specialist uh, and somebody who's operated at all levels of politics, federal, provincial, and municipal. Sarah Biggs, how are you doing, Sarah?
1: I'm good. How are you? I'm a little tired today. I'm not gonna lie, but
0: uh, I'm I'm here for it. It's it's been a day. It it has been a day. I I don't I don't know how so much fit into one day or the last two days, really.
1: Like last Thursday, Friday was a little too quiet.
0: We we're and then paying it for seems it now. like everything
1: started hitting. Yeah, it, it seems like everything started hitting the fan on Monday morning again. You know, good old rambling and pot liquor situation. That
0: yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> there. You know what blows my mind? This is what I love about the the creatives in Alberta and particularly the creatives who are paying attention to Alberta politics. I got yesterday night, I was sent a link for a pot liquor mug that fast. They've already made mugs. I think that's,
1: was that uh, our, our friend Edwin? Uh,
0: No, no, this was, this was another website. I think they're out of Edmonton, but it just said Jason Kenny is a pot liquor.
1: And, I I would like to salute the office of the premier. By the way, excellent work this week, boy. Um,
0: whoever's doing columns is us. Uh, I salute.
1: Wheel. I I salute them because I I know we we know they're you know they tend to listen. Um. So salute. Um. Great job. You sir. Two thumbs up. Uh. You're keeping me employed, which I like uh but it's it's just been so busy like i'm feeling like i'm reaching the bottom of the barrel and i stop caring and i just want to make fun of everything but it wouldn't be so professional of me and i know better
0: i'll, I'll make fun of everything
1: yeah you do that but, and i'm gonna be like mm, we need to be careful yeah you
0: can you can be the adult in the room
1: yeah, well I, I don't want to adult today really, but it's just been a shit show. Like from we I told the Prime Minister that we don't need adult supervision in Alberta. We good to uh well you're gonna make things worse to oh well I'm glad that, you know, Coots is getting dealt with. Thanks, Trudeau. So let's, um,
0: let's walk through the timeline on that, just because it, it, uh, in case we have anybody who's listening to either the live version tonight or somebody who's listening to the podcast tomorrow, which will be Wednesday. So I'm sure by then uh, we'll have seen, I don't know, the change of government or something at the pace that we're going. Uh, <laughs> but it came out on Monday.
1: Mm-hmm. which yesterday. was yesterday, yesterday.
0: <laughs> that the RCMP had conducted a raid and made a boatload of arrests because they had located, uh, well, they'd been doing an investigation for the past week um, in regards to not only a bunch of weapon stuff, uh, but in regards to, I mean, they've since laid charges for conspiracy to commit murder. Um, yeah.
1: And I'm also hearing that the local home hardware, made uh, good profits on foam, sprayable foam cells. Well, there
0: was that as well. So the RCMP did.
1: But I mean, like, that that's, if there's a
0: blockade at the border and you decide to bring down three excavators and park them within spitting distance. (laughs) uh, Oh, no, we just, we brought them for the aesthetic. Like, (laughs) (laughs) of course the RCMP are going to take action against that. You you can't be surprised by that.
1: The amount of ammunition and long guns, and I don't know if everybody long guns. Sorry, not guns. Guns. Um, I spoke a lot of French today, so please pardon my English. Um, I, uh, the guns that they have found are. I was quite troubled when I saw what kind of ammunition. Um, they say that was. You know, sized is it sized or sized? I'm tired. I can't speak English. Well, it's it's sized. Um, Confiscated or or seized? Sorry, seized is what you were going. Thank you. Yes. So, I was a little troubled to see um, what kind of material they seized um, yesterday. We we knew that you know there was a kind of a small group that could potentially be dangerous and you know we we knew that kind of scenario could happen but to see those guns and that kind of material kind of gave me chills down my spine and and not in a good way.
0: It got it actually got a lot darker and things came surprisingly full circle tonight because the Canadian Anti-Hate Network was able to identify that one of the vests of body armor um, included patches for a an accelerationist movement that basically believes that we have to violently overthrow the government in order to start a revolution. Um, it's called, I'm probably going to get this wrong, Diagalon. Um,
1: Diagalon, yeah.
0: And one of the vests clearly, clearly had Diagalon patches on it. Mm-hmm. And where it gets full circle is one of the people who's involved with Diagalon, who's doing a lot of recruiting, Uh, out in Western Canada, runs a uh, series of social media sites um, and puts out memes. Well, it came to our attention earlier today that one of the UCP MLAs, none other than Mr. Cheetos himself.
1: Was oh, Mr. Getson. S-
0: Mr. Getson was saying some things on uh, Facebook where he was effectively, and I'm going to paraphrase here, so this isn't a, a direct quote, but effectively what he was saying was to police officers in the military, uh, remember what your oath is when you receive any orders in regards to how to respond to protesters. And he also talked about how often the Emergency Measures Act has been put into place. And when he was talking yeah. about that, he shared a meme. Yeah, and the meme is created by the guy who is part of Diagonal. Mm-hmm. So it gets like the 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 way that things are woven through everything is is really. It's 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 at the point where it's it's legitimately scary. And I think that's part of the reason why we're we're doing this episode tonight.
1: Yeah, it's and there's also I know So A, I would like to ask Mr Mr. Getson, is it slow season right now and you're not that busy? So he has time to write crap like this? Like this isn't I, I just cannot. It's that kind of behavior coming from elected um, you know an elected official is it's just a It's scary, it's terrifying, and the meme itself, I, I, I saw the meme and I was just like, What wait? Whoa. Um, you know, this is way worse than buying weed and Cheetos with your serve money here. Um well, an, it's it's it brings me to ask myself really who supports certain people well and who's supervising them well there's no adult supervision we know that like zero
0: i i know we know because we had the press secretary for mr kenny actually jump onto the the breakdowns twitter account yesterday and try to try to spin some stuff um so we know that they they're they're watching lots of things And for them to not be aware or be aware and not care with the fact that, you know, one of their MLAs, one of their more outspoken MLAs, no less, is sharing materials from a Holocaust denial group um, is, boy, that's...
1: So I think it's going to go with everything else that's been happening with the UCP caucus recently. Nothing is going to happen. Um, I think we need to stop um, to have some hope in them taking action on anything. Uh, Mr. Kenny, I suppose, would think that he has bigger problems on his hands. And let's be honest, uh, Kenny's focus starting today until April 9th will be his political survival. So... If they can bury the story, if they can just bury it and ignore it. It's like a collection agency calling you 15 times in a row. If you don't answer, they're just going to leave you alone one day. I think that's that's going to be the kind of approach they're going to be taking. There their more, I would say, more rogue uh, MLAs and the ones that they cannot control. Getson's a backbencher. So it's not, you know... It just sucks. Like I'm so tired of low standards. It's really exhausting, and and I think everybody's feeling really exhausted these days because we're just watching this, absolutely aghast and gum smacked, and asking ourselves if if this is real life, and it is. Um, but I think we just need to set the bar like in the fourth basement and take it from there and really like when I saw that today I was really hoping that something would have happened but you know Pam Livingston's on the lead on the leave and there's a few other people that are not around anymore so I'm suspecting that the discipline and the caucus is not you know that strong but also we need to remember everything goes back to he needs to it doesn't have enough glue to keep that caucus together. Yeah. So let's say if we put okay, so the by-election got called today, by-election Alberta, because the premier used as an excuse that we're we're in the height of Omicron, we can't do this. But my dude, you just have removed all restrictions by March first, please and thank you. No, thanks, but no thanks. Um, so it's an absolute bogus excuse for that so you know it, it, there there could be a scenario that if Mr. Jean is elected on March 15th which you know we need to be realists he's seen as a hero in Fort Mac um, he could you know the old wild rosers could reunite and
0: well, there, there could do be an their ironic own thing, thing. Ironic insurrection, for sure. Um, yeah.
1: There is a danger to that. Like, Mr. Kenny starting today. His leadership is getting weaker and weaker and weaker by the day. And we just show it with the behavior of his caucus. We show it with how he did not announce the by-election. Like, I was fully prepared to see a tweet tomorrow morning saying that the by-election was triggered tonight at 10 o'clock. Um, he refused to elaborate on the by-election. Um, we're going to see more evasiveness towards that election and towards Mr. Jane, because he's trying to protect his bubble right now. Rent well, over.
0: The, <laughs> well, that's the interesting thing, though, when we're talking about the by-election, uh, because it was announced by Elections Alberta. Mr. Kenny has not said anything on social media about the fact that he's got a candidate who, I mean, granted yeah. their relationship is extremely adversarial, but he hasn't said anything about the fact that the UCP is running a candidate in that election. The UCP party itself has not even acknowledged the fact that there's a by election in a month. Um, so it's all, uh, we're, it's a very, very strange time.
1: Let's say that he didn't take, so yes, I see my, my husband is sending me notes. He's like, he did announce it March 15 by election. Yes, it was announced. He did talk about it. But they did not behave the usual way that they're behaving when there's a by-election. They're trying to go grab another seat. They did not. So, which is extremely unusual for the UCP, because usually it's always trumpets and grand pomp and circumstance um you know let us keep that seat um come and help us support this candidate click here to donate uh today mr kenny sent out an email uh to the ucp or mailing list uh blaming trudeau for everything not even well, talking about the by-election
0: at least he's on brand
1: well, <laughs> can we just stop blaming trudeau for five minutes <laughs> it's because of trudeau we have affordable child care it's because of Trudeau that the Coots border has been freed up in 24 hours, something that he couldn't get done in three weeks. Like, he just needs to stop throwing temper tantrums because it is getting extremely, extremely annoying. And he's becoming that kind of, you know, undesirable teenager that you don't really want to talk to because the teenager is full of attitude. Um, and he's getting I have feeling that he's getting more and more cornered and more and more isolated. I would like to salute the premier's office again. Thank you for listening. <laughs>
0: um a couple of other fun things that have happened in the last two days. uh the give send go website had a bit of a rough weekend, so on Sunday, their d n s entry was hacked. And the Give, Send, Go website was redirected to another website that was called Give, Send, Gone. And at the Mm -hmm. same time as this was going on, somebody managed to get a hold of the entire database for all of the people who donated to the convoy. And this is something that's gotten quite a bit of media attention. because. People have already started going through it and breaking da- breaking it down. And what they've established is 57% of the money that went towards supporting this insurrection in Ottawa uh, and all of the other convoys across uh, Canada came from the United the US? States. Yeah. And it's been a bizarre thing to watch the U.S. consistently way in i mean there was the there was the from the guy from florida the he an elected official from florida doing mm. a thing about how he's we stand with the truckers and they actually if, issued a proclamation to to talk about the importance of supporting the the convoy i shouldn't have said truckers i apologize to all the truckers out there um, yeah. but uh, a, a proclamation in support of the the convoy and the occupation
1: yeah but you know covid's over in florida Um, so, okay, so I just want to do a disclaimer. We need to be extremely careful, sorry, and not spiral into conspiracy theories. We need to be extremely careful. It is extremely easy to spiral into a rabbit hole. For sure. So we need to be careful. Now it is extremely, um, interesting that so, that so much money from the United States has been sent to that group, to the convoy group. I really want to say, you know, is it like a, maybe, uh, I I don't even want to say anything about it because I'm worried I'm going to sound crazy, but would there be an organization that is established in Canada and is established in the United States? And maybe, maybe it could have been a transfer of funds. By donors, maybe there was some sort of support that way. But it's really hard on my side to be able to pronounce myself on that because it is extremely easy to fall down a rabbit hole and wear a tinfoil hat.
0: Yeah, I think for me, the way that I'm kind of looking at it is we know that the majority of donations to support this convoy came from outside of Canada. The overwhelming majority came from outside of Canada. And I... I have confidence that there's going to be a boatload of forensic accounting that's done. There's going to be a boatload of likely criminal investigations that are going to be done, particularly with the new powers that have been proclaimed under the emergency act, because a big part of why the emergency act was in vote had to do with the fact that, uh, they, there were real concerns about the money piece. So <laughs> I think that that's, that's something that we're, I'm just going to say, Hey, the states is 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 messing with our democracy. That's super not cool, and we'll we'll see where we go from there. Exactly.
1: Um, We need to be very cognizant of the situation and how delicate it can be. Um, Let's let the authorities do their work. Yeah,
2: yeah. Let's put it that way.
1: Let Let's trust. Like uh, Freeland starting to crack the whip. Fintrack is getting involved. Those guys know what they're doing. Let them do their work. And then we can speculate.
0: Exactly. Um, Moving from there, before we get to the emergency act being proclaimed or being invoked, yesterday was the day of very bad press conferences for Jason Kenney. Um, He was a little tired. He was a little tired, uh, and boy, did he go off script. Um,
1: I don't so... think he had a script.
0: Well, I mean, a lot of people have made a lot of people have made fun of the the background, but I think it's important to realize as and and as much as there are some very low hanging uh, fruit jokes to be made about the the background, um, I think <clears> it's important <throat> to realize that he was he was at that press conference announcing funding for an expansion for the center of newcomers. So the construction piece, there's a bit of a theme there. I mean, for, for him to, if, I think if he had done just a press conference and he'd stuck to that and maybe said, you know what, we'll be taking questions at the next one. We're going to limit questions to, you know, just what's going on here. He might not have had as many problems as he did, but at that press conference um, he went on quite a little rant about the uh, Alberta Federation of Labor uh, yes he was, he was quite upset that the Alberta Federation of Labor had taken the government uh, well what they'd gone they'd gone to court to try to get an injunction and um, that injunction was ultimately unsuccessful but Kenny was really quite upset about that and he said to all of the people who are wanting to protest, you should go protest at the afl headquarters
1: dot dot dot
0: dot dot dot. long pause Peacefully peacefully with a big smile um and i mean even if we we go down the road of saying hey you know what uh he 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 did say peacefully, this is happening on the exact same day that he opened his press conference by announcing that some of the the convoy folks had been arrested and charged with a boatload of things and found with a boatload of guns. So maybe this isn't the best time for a sitting premier, even if you want to say he was joking, maybe this isn't the best time for a sitting premier to be saying things like hey, you know, That's a real nice headquarters there. You've got AFL. Be ashamed if something happened to it.
1: It was just so irresponsible. What I noticed yesterday was a very disorganized premiere, a very tired premiere, and a premiere that was desperate to get um, his point made. Um, I'm pretty sure that, you know, he, some of his team was supporting the convoy, and I'm pretty sure that, the fact that they found all of those ammunitions and guns in a trailer was kind of a blow in his face yesterday morning. Um because he had some MLAs down there supporting the convoy. He sure um did. now, um the premier was also probably a little flustered um because of his um Premier's conference with Prime Minister Trudeau yesterday morning when he said thanks, but no, thanks. We don't need an adult supervision in the province. We got this when nothing was happening really. We were still a standstill. Um, so and just a very frustrated premier because yesterday, you know how we always talk about controlling the narrative? Yes. Yesterday, our premier was not able to control his narrative. It was right, left, center, center. Um, shots coming from all sides. It was extremely disorganized. He seemed... <sighs> it's rare that you see him that way. And that is very telling on the state of mind that he could be right now. There's a lot going... And I'm not trying to defend the Premier here. I'm not. I'm just noting his... um. You know his body language, how he looked, how he talked um the way he addressed the issues, he was going after the teachers again yesterday um you know, we are seeing a very aggressive premier right now in his comments um and like i said the 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 arrest and the seizure of uh all of those long guns yesterday. Was probably a blow in his face and he was not expecting that.
0: I think it's important to highlight as well. It wasn't just long guns. On that table, no. the RCMP yes. released, there were two Bacchetti. handguns.
1: Yeah. Machete,
0: um, And it's, I was talking with a couple of friends yesterday who are big firearms uh, aficionados. They're big fans of shooting. And to be clear, I don't have a problem with, with, with responsible gun ownership at all. Um, I'm in fact, I'm planning on getting my, uh, I think it's a PAL. It's called a PAL now. I used to be called an FAC. Um, but I'm planning on getting my PAL this year. Um, but they were... One of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that gun laws in Canada are actually really quite strict, especially when we start to talk about things like handguns. Um, the The rules for transportation and storage of handguns are incredibly strict. Mm-hmm. Um and so, for those handguns to have even been there, even if 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 they like, it's that's just insanely illegal to begin with.
1: It and is.
0: for them to be part of an arsenal is really, really quite alarming. Um, it is the uh, so yeah, that's the the big thing that I wanted to to hit on there, um, because it is like those guns are super, 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 super uh it's it's just so illegal for them to be there i can't even I can't even explain it appropriately yeah. uh but i have to ask speaking of Kenny's body language yes um one of the things that I found really telling he's got a. have you noticed the wiggle yeah. He does a little right before he winds up to take a cheap shot at someone, you can see it every single time. He twitches, and was, he does this little, little kind of wiggle thing. And yeah. when he was getting ready to do, you can watch the video, you can even see it. But when he was getting ready to do the um the dig at the AFL and tell protesters to go hang out in front of the the AFL's headquarters. He did, he did his little wiggle. And I saw that and I was like, Oh, here comes something uncomfortable. And sure enough, that's when he, when he threw it out. So I don't know if I'm, I wonder if he realizes that he like telegraphs all of these things.
1: Yeah. He he is a very predictable person, you know, um, right away when he walks in, if he's in a good mood, if he's in a bad mood, if his if he's in the fighting mood or, you know, it's just going to be, quote, heavy quotes, a normal press conference. And usually you can tell by just the way, by the way he moves or his face, he has a really bad poker face, by the way. It's, it's not great. Um, you know, when a question, when he rejects the premise of a question, it's extremely interesting to see um, his facial expression he starts twitching and then he kind of stiffens up and then he gets aggressive. Um, it's very interesting to watch. And yesterday we saw a lot of that. Um, watch body language people. It's pretty, it's pretty fascinating to see, um, especially with those times they're extremely tensed and there's a lot of things that are going sideways. Um, pay extra attention to the premier's body language.
0: Yeah. Um, so that brought us to the the uh, emergency act being invoked, to which immediately team UCP pretty much lit their hair on fire, and this is the point where, the press secretary for the premier decided to come by and take a take a run at us and they attempted yeah. to, to clarify well you know the if, if if you're looking for the reason why the the border thing was left alone it's because for the last six to seven days there's been this rcmp investigation and that's fine i can totally wrap my head around that because once the rcmp identified that there were people in there who were as we now seem to have strong indication part of a radical insurrectionist group uh, who were involved in that and who had body body armor down there. Once once you get to to that place, I can totally appreciate why the RCMP would make sure that they wanted to have the right people and the right tools in place to deal with it.
2: But it doesn't
0: address the fact that it had still gone on for almost a week and a half before that thing was even tipped off. And on the, I think it was the 8th, Sonia Savage did a press conference with um, the RCMP investigator. Who, and they were very candid about the fact that they did not, at that time, have the resources to move the heavy equipment, so it's the the spin really started up in in full tilt. What did you kind of notice as the the invocation was happening?
1: <sighs> what did I notice at the indication that it was happening? Uh, well, we started hearing noise on Sunday night, right? so magically Monday morning, they started to get. Um, they had secure equipment, they were ready to act, and they, um, how could I say, i they, they were, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm tired tonight, they were trying to um, really show that they were finally ready, and tried to do a latch-ditch effort to try to convince the Prime Minister to not, enact the emergency act um did they start coming absolutely um but at the end of the day they really just try to um you know save their face a little too late because they knew it was coming there was no way Trudeau would have left it um you know go for much longer there was no way
0: well, particularly with everything that's been, been going on in Ottawa. And I think it's important to highlight as well that with the uh, this last weekend, in the four days since we did our last one of these things, um, <laughs> since that time, we also saw a huge amount of counter-protesting. Uh, going on across the entire country. We saw uh, counter protests, certainly in Edmonton where counter protests were protesters were blocking the convoy. We saw counter protesters in Ottawa where they actually were able to move a lot of the 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 convoy members, I guess that's what I'll call them now, um, out of residential areas. Uh, Because there were so many of them who were saying, hey, you're leaving. And by the way, Mm -hmm. you're taking those decals and crap off of your your vehicles when you go. Um, And I think... That, that was all done, to my knowledge, I haven't seen any reports of it not being done peacefully. That's not to say that there wasn't uh, the potential for for outbreaks of, of violence. violence or whatever. Yeah. Um, but all of the all of the information that I've seen about those counter protests is that they were all peaceful. And that, to me, speaks right there of the importance of people getting involved and making their own voices heard. Because if there's one thing that we've seen, it's that these convoys gather momentum when they're unopposed. And that is not to say that anybody should be getting violent. I want to be very, very clear about that. Nobody should be getting violent about any of this stuff. But... When people started speaking up in Ottawa, when people started challenging them as a as a community. That's when these guys started to remove themselves from from areas. Um, and you take a look at even just the, the pushback since the Emergency Act has been invoked um, and the borders now clear at Coots. So the, the problem is, in my humble opinion, that we have currently in Alberta, a government that is too afraid to stand up to these people loudly and clearly and vocally. And I'm going to spread the blame around a little bit as well, because I don't think that we've seen nearly enough condemnation at the federal level from any of the federal parties. I think that that Mr. Trudeau's, I mean, he had COVID. I take nothing away from that. But he also has actors in his government that could have very, very loudly and clearly said, "nah." Uh, And certainly the behavior of the federal conservatives has been...
1: It's... uh, Hi, Pierre Poilievre. Good evening. Um, It's been abhorrent. Um, uh, But Ottawa's case is quite interesting, though, because they... So Jim Watson negotiated, big brackets, with uh, the group to try to get them to move to Wellington Street, I believe if I'm not mistaken. You would know Ottawa of, much better than me. Yeah, well, I kind of live there. But um, but what's unfortunate is that where the trucks, where some of the trucks are parked right, part right now, they're still in residential areas. So, you know, they, they had time to install a hot tub this weekend. They had a dance party. Everything was great. Um, But what surprises me is that the Ottawa police and even the mayor... Um, they try to negotiate with them. So they it's basically, okay, well, if you give me this, I'll let you do this. And if you give me this, well, I'll give you a little bit more slack, which is not okay. Um, and in coup well, you know, when you have Christian Freeland from Oliver, Five Foot two, saying, we're we're going to size your, size your trucks. Your entrance is going to be canceled. Your bank accounts will be frozen. Go home. That has a much more, but that should have done, that should have been done three weeks ago. As soon as it started. Absolutely. And that's the thing. And we are fighting again. It's the provincial jurisdiction issue. And it brings, to a different kind of conversation as should Ottawa or the streets surrounding the parliament should be a federal district. That brings another layer of conversation to the mix. Kind of do like a little kind of a DC um, but for Ontario. And we heard that Mr. Ford's ex-chief of staff was negotiating with the convoy, was the you know, only point of contact between the city and the convoy, oddly. Um, Mr. Ford, the first weekend, was snowmobiling. Everything, sh- and I do understand why Mr. Trudeau tried to wait, but I think he waited a little too long. Yeah, And he tried to rally the premiers. He tried to get their, so you have a right to consult, but you don't need their approval to enact that emergency um, bill. Yes. So you did the right to consult. Two provinces said no. I was like, good enough. Okay, we're going in though, because yep. the provinces are not acting. If the federal government would have not jumped in yesterday, it could have gone. It could have gone, gone on for another month, month and a half, easy until everything would have been lifted but what's worrisome is that again the premiere is pandering to his base and we're stuck with it
0: well that's exactly it Darius my dear friend what's going on tonight Darius
2: uh so again just wanted to pop on and let you guys know that uh i love what you're doing uh i love that you guys are constantly hitting home on the stuff and having these conversations and i think it's awesome so once again i want to thank you for that uh but i have a question for sarah one of the things that blew my mind was uh like it didn't blow my mind that eventually they used children as human shields like it's not surprising that they went to that point what surprised me the most was that did not seem to like receive immediate condemnation from basically everybody across political stripes. Like there are you, they're, yeah there are very few days with like absolute rights and absolute wrongs, but they almost always involve kids. And so are you are you shocked by that, by nobody kind of saying anything about that? Like what are your thoughts on it? So, um, are you talking about the
1: kids' chain that happened in front of Ambassador Bridge in Windsor? Yeah,
2: that was what I was talking about. Yeah.
1: One of the. Okay. Yeah. Because there's multiple kids in Ottawa too, and some of the those trucks staying with their parents. I think it's abhorrent. And I think personally, I would have called Children's Services. Um, you know, uh, how. And, and I'm going to sound rude right now, and I'm going to sound very raw, but how in hell do you think that it is okay to put your kid in the middle of the road to try to make your point? How in hell does a parent is sound to make proper parenting decision when you are seeing things like this? It's to me, it should have been called out right away and something should have been done right away. But again, we didn't know if they were armed, not the kids obviously, but you know, some people of the convoy, I I don't, I, I'm not aware of the tactical involvement behind on why they have not acted right away, but it should have been called out right away.
2: So and do you think, f- you're, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, do you think it says anything about, uh, kind of the state of our political situation that it wasn't condemned on a much bigger level, uh, by, uh, by everyone, By like even, even the liberals, uh, NDP, like I, I saw kind of muted conversations, like, uh, definitely like, uh, um, you know, there's a, a few NDP MLAs who are like, my God, this is insane. Um, but by and large, like, it seemed very muted. Do you think that, do you, like, do you have an idea as to why, do you think? I don't. (sighs) I'd I'd be willing to speculate on that.
1: I, I think it's because they didn't want to make the situation worse. And when, so when you are involving authorities with kids, so. A lot of kids, when they have to deal, I'll let you talk after that, Nate. But when some kids are dealing with authorities or taken away or, you know, different scenarios, um, some kids can be dealing with PTSD. But we're at the point now where I feel like we have zero morals. And where we have reached rock bottom. And where really the only reason why they put those kids there is because kids prevent being pepper sprayed, which is a shame. They use their kids for a political agenda that is not even about the mandates, but that is something way beyond what maybe we are able to comprehend because we do not know everything that's happening in the background. Nate?
0: Well, what I was going to say is I can totally appreciate and I can understand Um My guess would be that there's probably a whole lot of politicians who are looking at this situation and going, well, it's a picture on social media, and so I don't want to be the guy or the person who says, hey, I saw these kids being used as a human shield and – uh, that's very, very bad. I don't like that. Uh, and then it come out that, well, actually, that's a picture from, I don't know, Bosnia or something. Um, the The reality is, is that we see so much false, misleading information. We saw it with the convoys. I mean, when the convoy first started up, people were sharing pictures. There was one in particular that I, I, I saw on my own social media feed. I didn't post it, but somebody that I knew posted it. And it was a, a picture from, allegedly germany where the there was a german convoy that had been so inspired by canada that they joined in mm-hmm. and that was actually a picture from a farmer's protest that happened two years ago so i can understand why people who are in the public eye might are more have,
1: cautious
0: but i still don't think that excuses it because you no. can still say hey i'm not sure how how uh accurate these reports are but i want to be really really clear it is never okay to use children as human shields that's something Mm -hmm. we should all be able to get together on and it's that that hesitation to you know you can without addressing the specific instance and it's not like it's it's I think that it's a safe statement and I would, I would make this statement at any time at any protest. Don't use kids at protests where things could get violent. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's all. I mean, I, I have been to many, many protests. Uh, I have, I have spoken at a few tro- protests. I've attended a few protests. Um, I've been at protests in lots of other capacities. And mm-hmm. the, the one big rule that I have is if i'm going to some sort of uh protest event and i have even the slightest consideration that it's not safe uh, or that it could turn into something that's not safe then i don't take my kids um i have taken my kids to i mean i marched in the, the the pride parade with my kids a few years ago i'm extremely extremely grateful that we were able to have the opportunity to do that um but i think it's there's this hesitation and i honestly and i'm gonna go it's my turn for a rant now sarah um i think that we have a fundamental problem with how we're choosing the people that we are having represent us and speak for us um we're dropping an episode tomorrow uh in conjunction with this emergency episode as well um but we're dropping an episode tomorrow where uh we i have a, a pretty pretty lively debate With Jennifer Sanford from the Conservative Like Me podcast, uh, because I wanted to get her take on, you know, we have the the provincial conservatives appear to be on the verge of self-emulating. The federal conservatives are certainly self-emulating. What's going on here? And. Jennifer and I have very different views on a lot of different things, but, A, we're able to have a civil conversation, and I think that's critically important, but, B, we both agree that the quality of people that provincial, federal parties, and even municipal – because, she boy, does she have an axe ax to grind on the muni- municipal side um, – but when we're talking about the quality of the people that we're putting up to represent and in dire circumstances provide heaven forbid some leadership it doesn't seem to be like ethics or integrity are the the driving factions we that's that's just seems to be the, the reality of, of the things. Provin- and we certainly saw this in the, the provincial election in 2019, where a lot of the UCP candidates, uh, and I would happily say some NDP candidates, and I would honestly happily, happily say some Alberta Party candidates as well, were people who were just the ones who were willing to raise their hand. And there wasn't a whole lot of consideration as to whether or not those people were going to conduct themselves with... Ethics and with integrity. And we're now paying the price for that because we have a governing party in Alberta that has a bunch of different people who have, as we're seeing tonight, some extremely radical leaning views. And these are the people that are trying to navigate us through one of the biggest crises in most crises in most of our lifetime. Uh, And I, I honestly believe that we have to do a much much better job of making sure that we're finding out who these people are before the vote happens. And we have to do a much, much better job of sending a message to political parties uh, and their supporters and the PACs that support them and all of that, and make it clear the bottom of the barrel isn't good enough anymore. We are living in incredibly complicated times where things are moving very, very quickly. I would like to point out for a quick second that all of this that we've talked about for the last hour and that we spent almost an hour and a half on with our episode on Friday has been happening while there's a potential war getting ready to go in Europe with Ukraine and Russia. And most people haven't been able to pay any attention to that because their bandwidth is completely consumed with the goat show that's going on here.
1: Well, Um, there's so much going on, even with the Covenant um, community Healthcare announcement today.
0: There you go. You riff on that one for a minute.
1: (laughs) You you know, if we just look at the local, um, today a lot of things happen. Uh, We have city, uh, City of Calgary City Council that voted to resign the mask mandate and the line with the province on um, March 1st. We have the covenant partnership with the province that is kind of opening a door to some sort of he- private healthcare care f- capacity. Um, Ukraine, did we know that we're sending a lot of money to Ukraine to defend themselves right now? Is anyone aware of that? Um, it's in the news. We should know it, but we don't hear it. Um, You know, today Trudeau named every single conservative MP in the House that supported those convoys. That's another important thing. Um, There is a CPC leadership happening. There is a lot happening. Everything seems to be flying under the radar. And I'm worried that we're going to have, I'm going to call it some quickie shitty policy. That we're going to be seeing in the next little while. Um, that's just going to fly under the radar. It's going to be a quickie, and it's going to be a subtle one, and nobody's going to be paying attention because we're all busy trying to deal and process what is happening with those convoys. Um, it is extremely troubling, and you know, like part of my job is, and yours as well, Nate, is we live. i read news all day long i'm always reading i'm always checking the news different channels always checking everything there is something happening in the province right now there's a lot of polling happening and i would love to know send me a message and let me know if you have received phone calls for polling today there's a lot happening in the background
2: Sorry, I actually, the whole reason I logged on to Twitter was to talk about how I did actually just receive a polling phone call uh, before I logged on here, like just before I got into the, the chat here. Uh, yeah, I received one. What, what were they asking yep. you? So they wanted me to rank, so they had a whole bunch of conservative MPs, so they started off with a whole list of who are you likely, if you were to vote conservative, who would you likely uh to vote well first they asked me will you vote conservative and i was like yeah absolutely i'll vote conservative i mean no fuck no hell no oh i shouldn't swear uh but uh you know a lot of different versions of no but like yeah all right i'm curious to see where this goes and so they were like who would you like to vote for and it was like racist person sexist person satan i mean pierre Paulivier. Uh, and then Michael Chong. And I was like, oh, I'd vote for Michael Chong. Like, he seems like a normal, decent guy. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, who would your second choice be? And then I was like, yeah, Satan. Let's, yeah, sure. Why not? Um. And so, yeah, I got, I, I just got that. And then I went to log in to talk about it. And I was like, oh, it's Nate and Sarah. I love the Nate and Sarah show. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh,
1: there's a lot of prep work being done in the background. And I know that there's a provincial polling happening as well right now. Um, let's see what happens, but is, yeah, it is there's is so much happening right now that I, I, I feel that, that we're losing focus. Well, we're too focused on one issue and we don't see anything else around. Let's put it that way, which can be quite uh, dangerous sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, yeah, with,
0: with so much, I mean, right now in Alberta, we let's just run down some of the big issues that we've go, got going on. We've got Jason Kenny declaring war on teachers. Uh, yeah, we've got Jason Kenny declaring war on the AFL. Apparently, we've got a government that is openly talking. I mean, Kenny did an interview with the the Western Standard uh, mm-hmm. just a couple of days ago where he talked about the fact that he was going to absolutely pursue private options for for
1: healthcare yeah. um, and take away surgeries from union the hospitals. Yeah. Yeah. Um How ridiculous is that?
0: On top of that, we still have the COVID situation. We still have kids who are now, I mean, I got to say props to the kids of Alberta. Because my feed has been absolutely full of teachers who are saying, you know, I had 25 kids in my class, 24 of them were wearing masks today. I had 35 kids in my class, 33. I had—I saw one that said they had 45 kids in their class. And I was just like, wow, we should be having a conversation about class sizes as well. Uh, yeah. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of big issues that are going on. We could talk about the opioid crisis. I mean, that is... You're, you're going to be hearing from me um, over the next couple of days in particular about that. Um, I'm not going to talk about it tonight uh, because I'm not going to come on Glue tonight tonight more than I already have. Um, but I'm just going to say when we talk about the opioid crisis, we are failing everybody. We are not only failing the people who are dealing with uh, addiction. We are not only failing the people who are um, trying to navigate that whole system with so much judgment and so much stigma going on, but we are failing their families and we are failing their children. And I got to be honest with you, I'm well past having my fill, Um, so Stay tuned for more on that is what I'll say about that for right now, because I'm I'm I have some very big feelings tonight. Um, But point being, we've got all of this stuff going on and all of the people that I've talked to over the last couple of days trying to make sense of this thing agree that it is the role of elected officials to navigate these situations for us so that we don't get as overwhelmed as we are. And I think that there's no question that across the board, I mean, you take a look at what happened municipally today, we have a we have a mayor who in Calgary, sorry, for those of you who aren't in Calgary, um, we have a mayor who has for the last couple of weeks been banging the pot about uh, making sure that the Calgarians are safe, Calgarians have protections. And over the last couple of days, we've seen city council in Calgary um, give up. They've said that they're not going to pursue yeah. an RAP because it's too complicated. They've said that they're not going to pursue any sort of masking. They're going to leave that up to the province. And everybody's playing politics and nobody's governing. Yep.
1: Yeah. It's getting extremely frustrated, especially as a parent of a kid who cannot get vaccinated. My child is 15 months old, almost 16 months old. Uh, what do I need to do? Keep her home? When I know that COVID numbers are high, like, I feel like that we have been. And I I did work on the gun that campaign and I was involved on the gun that campaign. But today, uh, and I called a couple of friends about it. I felt genuinely let down Um, and it makes me sad because that bylaw was the last line for parents like me who have little ones that, you know, the mask was really the last layer of protection and public action we could rely on to try to keep our kids safe. Or to try to minimize transmission, now we end up with a big fat zero. And it makes me sad. It's frustrating. It's exhausting. My, I, so many frustrated parents right now in Calgary. So many. And, you know, I do not know what the strategy was behind. I don't know what happened behind the doors. Um, she's operating without a chief of staff right now which maybe, you know, today with the vote, it could have helped, um, you know, having some, pol- like, a politician in office, somebody that understands, um, you know, how to go and get the votes and count the votes before you go in. Um, unfortunately, today we didn't see that, and I was hoping for a strong show, and it did not happen. But that's that's my... Two cents today. I'm sad. I'm I think disappointed. Maybe,
0: maybe one of the big takeaways of the last couple of weeks certainly has has been the importance, uh, and this is something that we that, that Jennifer and I touch on in our conversation that drops tomorrow um, the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people. Um, we've seen Mr. Kenny flailing all this week. His chief of staff has taken a leave of absence in order to try to keep him leader of the party. Um, Mayor Gondak had to or elected to fire her chief of staff for reasons that I'm not going to speak to because everything that's been provided publicly is so far speculative. Um, but making sure I think that, that you have the the right people around you to tell you when you're about to do a big thing badly, I think is, is super, super important, but I want to end things on a high note and we got three minutes left.
1: So Let's do that.
0: Sarah, I got to ask, I only got about, I would say maybe 10 minutes of it. At the most, I was very busy last night. Yeah, um, did you did you get to listen at all to the live that happened last night? That I think almost
1: all <laughs> oh of my Canada God. turned into <laughs> the Ram Ranch convoy. Okay, so yesterday, some people decided to troll the convoy and started a um, strategy meeting on twitter spaces and some some of the convoy people took it extremely seriously and they they decided to chime in and then um i don't know how many times i've heard ram ranch within (laughs) half hour 45 minutes our premier chimed in which is interesting um and you know my whole feed was listening to it it was quite interesting to see who was listening um what it i never laughed so much and and it was someone that brought up they're going to be they were like yeah but they're going to bring marital law and then he just went off and then you would have a guy just jumping in and screaming ram ranch for like 3 seconds and then, But there were guys in there and they were like, guys, like if I'm going to get my truck sized and, you know, my bank account frozen, so my assets will be frozen. It was like, I'm out of here. And some people, some, so I'm talking about the convoy people, uh, the, the real one that we're talking, they were like, no, you got to hold the line. You got to oh, hold <laughs> the line. And they were like, no, man, I'm out. So it was really interesting to see like the mix between the truckers and the trolls Um, because I started listening to it and I was like is this a joke like please tell me this is a joke is this a joke and then some people were talking and I was like no that's a convoy person and then you would get more people and then some people I'm sorry guys but when you're trying to bring your kid to say I love you truckers on a big platform please don't like uh, what are you telling those kids that being racist is okay? Like, I, I don't understand the purpose behind it. Anyways, so th- it, it was a big part. It, it was quite entertaining. Um, I, yeah. I'll like enjo- I, said, I enjoyed it.
0: I only got to hear about maybe 10 minutes of it. Um, But uh, the, that 10 minutes was me doing the exact same thing. Like, okay, like I clicked on a couple of profiles that were involved in it. Because I was like, nah, this can't be real. And some of the profiles are definitely the profiles of people who are involved in the Ottawa uh, situation. Um, but some of the, the trolling that was going on in there, like I, there were at least two that I listened to where I was like, I'm 50-50, man. I don't know. I think this mm-hmm. could be real. I think this could be just like somebody really, really. And I think that that's, uh, I, I'm hoping, if anybody knows if there was a recording that was captured of it, um, if if you could send it to the breakdown on the the DMs, because I I could I could certainly use a use a big good giggle. It's it's worth listening to. Um, Sarah, we're going again on Friday. We are. We are. I wonder.
1: <laughs> we are.
0: God God willing, we make it to Friday without having to pull out another emergency. But it's like we were
1: talking, papers. we were talking, and I was like, Nate, I don't think we're gonna make it to Friday. We made it I was like, Tuesday.
0: nah, we will. I don't want to do two emergency things in a, in a two in a row in a week. That seems, that seems a little excessive. And you were like, no, no, I think it's going to happen. And yeah. then the last 24 hours happened and I messaged you last night and I was like, okay, you were right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, I will say this, pay close attention to what is what kind of personnel movement will be happening um, in the next few days or in the next couple of weeks. At the government level, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of movement Pay attention.
1: Yeah, pay attention because, you know, on a personal, on a business side, I've put quite a few requests in for meetings and um, they seem a little busy.
0: I just want to say, this is why we have the best audience in the history of everything. I already have a DM with the audio you guys are the best awesome (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to that thank you so much Um, anything else to add sarah
1: no i'm going to stuff my face with chocolate and i'm going to go watch the big air on the olympics i missed last night
0: there we go
1: be Um, kind be nice
0: yeah um and And pay attention definitely um and i want to just remind everybody for those of you that are listening live tonight. The conversation that I have with Jennifer Sanford on our next episode, I, I'm not going to lie to you. There are some challenging moments in that conversation. There are a few places where I was like, wait, what? Um, but I cannot stress enough. It is more important that ever, than ever that we're able to have conversations with people that we disagree with and that we work to have common ground um, as as long as they're not, you know, flying Nazi flags and junk. Uh, And with that, I'll clear the room. So as always, if you enjoy the kind of content that we're trying to produce here at The Breakdown, I want to say thank you because after I did this spiel last week, we did get a few extra people that signed up to support us on our Patreon page. And if you don't mind sacrificing a the, the, the price of a Starbucks cup of coffee uh, every month, that helps us continue to not only produce the kind of content that we do, it uh, helps us boost that content and it also helps us buy equipment. So you can sign up to support us at www.patreon.com/ thebreakdownAB. And we released the particulars of our merch sale on our Patreon. For our Patreon sponsors, we've got masks uh, that we're blowing out at basically cost. Uh, We've got uh, T-shirts that we're blowing out at basically cost. And these are different T-shirts than the ones that you get when you sign up from Patreon. Um, So really, it's just the the cost of the stuff and shipping because it's taking up space in my little universe. Uh, So if you want to get something like that. Join the Patreon page. Um, they're, they're all getting first dibs on it, and we'll be making all of that merch available publicly next week for everybody else uh, at, at, a, at a slightly increased cost. Not a whole lot. It's still going to be super reasonable. Um, I want to say thank you to everybody who continues to listen to the Nate and Sarah show. I think we might have to change the title.
2: Um, and, We're going to have to. Okay, ask, but Andrew, if you change you... the title, I fully I get credit for that okay i said it i get some sort of credit for that absolutely
0: we'll we'll give a a creative credit and you can have uh i you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna even say just for coming up with the name we're gonna give you 50 percent of our streaming
1: revenue which is (laughs) zero
0: (laughs) exactly but uh you heard it you heard it here folks um thanks again everybody stay safe we will see you again on friday And as always, uh, we we look forward to hearing from you just as much as you guys listen to us. Thank you again, everybody. Have a good night. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.